listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day again and welcome back to episode 58 of On the Road. It's always great to have your company. It's another huge show coming your way this week with Mike catching up with Simon O'Hara to talk about Freedom Day and with an owner-operator named Alan who shares his experiences of trying to navigate the COVID madness that's affecting so many truckies in such a big way. We reintroduce our specialist truckies tax expert who talks about how to get bigger tax refunds. Plus, we've got the news as always and great music from Brad Cox and Joe Satriani. There's no time to waste, so let's get this show on the road. Yes, get over that. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Rolling us into the show this week is an Aussie country rocker who has crowned as the Toyota Star Maker winner at Tamworth 2018. Here's Brad Cox with Red Light.
Got the windows down Beer on ice course of the COVID thing that's been going on, I've been banging on on the show about COVID and vaccinations and what's happening, what's not happening. And I've got lots and lots of instances where I've had drivers contact me. I've had emails. I've had messages. I've got a bloke here with me now. I'm only going to identify by his first name. His name's Alan. He's an owner-operator and a small fleet owner. He's been caught up in the COVID madness, even though he's had vaccinations, had clear tests and done everything he can possibly do. Cost him a small fortune. He's offered to talk to us and explain exactly what happened and what his experience was. These circumstances have brought us together. So, Alan, welcome to the show, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Yourself, yeah. All right. You crossed the border into Western Australia. You were vaccinated before you went across the border. This happened a couple of months ago now, didn't it? Yeah, well, about four weeks ago, actually. Yeah, I'd been over probably four weeks beforehand. Yeah. And I actually got my first vaccination at Kalgoorlie on the way home. Yep. And then I was home for two weeks, knowing I was coming back. So I booked my second jab for the four-week mark at Kalgoorlie on the way out on the Monday. Mm-hmm. And I came into WA on the Thursday afternoon, I think I came through, and I got into Perth Friday afternoon, delivered a few cars, and Friday night I got a phone call from WA Health telling me that I've got a quarantine for 14 days and that the police are going to contact me and have they been in contact with me. Then they were going to organise a hotel and everything, and... I said, well, hang on a minute. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm half loaded. Yep. And I've got a truck worth a fair bit of money with people's cars in it. I can't just leave it sitting here and go to a hotel for 14 days. There'll be nothing here when I come back. Yeah. Mate, I was actually about to go to bed. It was 8.30 my time at night. I was at the BP Acutal and it just hit me as a shock. I didn't know what was happening. But apparently two blokes had gone into the BP at Norseman the night before. And I checked in there at five o'clock perf time and I only got into the bathroom and walked out. Mm. I didn't pass anyone. No one was in there. No one came in. I'd done what I had to do, washed my hands and walked out, went to my truck, put my dinner in the oven yep. and went for my bike ride for half an hour and come back. Yeah. I had dinner in my truck and a truck did pull up, which I assume may have been the two blokes because yep. that was the only truck I've seen that had two people in it the whole time and they were there for about 15 minutes and they left. Yeah. And anyway, I finished all my dinner and washed up and put everything away and it was about six past eight my time or six past six WA time and I sort of thought, oh, well, I'm into the next 15-minute window. I'll wander over and grab an ice cream. Yeah. So I walked in, bought an ice cream, had a mask on, walked straight in, opened the fridge, got my expensive Magnum, <laughs> the most <laughs> expensive ice cream I've ever bought. Yep. And walked up, gave the guy a $10 note, got me change and walked out the door. Yep. The next day I get this phone call. I was blown away. So what happened after you got the phone call? Well, I argued about it for a while and then they had a, a social worker ring me or a welfare worker ring me saying, am I all right? And asking me all these questions. Mm. I'm actually tired. I said, let me think about this for a minute and I'll call you back. Mm. 
I had a thought and I got a customer who lives 30 sort of k's down south of Perth on acreage. And I rang him and I said, can I come park the truck there? And he goes, yep, come down. He says, I've got a cab and stay down here. Yeah. So I actually started the truck and took off down here and the phone's going ballistic with WA Health and this bloke. And I said, I'll get back to you in a minute. So I come down here and went to bed and just turned it all off. Yeah. They rang me at 8 o'clock the next morning in WA Health because they only work 8 to 8. Yeah. It might even be 8 to 7. <laughs> Asked me where I was. I told them everything and they said, can you isolate there? I said, yep, I can quarantine here. I've got a building to myself down the back of a 10-acre block and I've got supplies of food. Everything was good, you know. I had all my food with me. I bought two weeks of food. Yeah. I got everything in the truck, you know. Then they said, go and get COVID tested and get tested again on day five and day 11. And I said, so can I leave on day 11 if I get a negative result? No, you've got to do 14 days. Yeah. I was just in, in shock of it all and sitting here racking my brains, what can I do about this and who can I ring? And I've been listening to your podcast and I thought, well, I'll start with that. I'll ring this bloke. And I knew you were in WA working over here, so I rang yourself and mm. it all went from there. You gave me Glenn Stirl's phone number and then you gave me Cam's number. Yeah, Cam Dumpsney from uh, WA Roads, yep. And between the three years, it was just so good to have someone A to talk to. And so I got involved with Cam and I got my test on day five and they said I had to stay. And all of a sudden, on day nine, I think it was on the Friday, next Friday, yeah. Cam rang me and said, look, are we going to put a letter across the minister's desk? Yeah. And then Glenn Stirl rang me. So I wrote another quick letter about how I can do a contactless exit out of the state. Yep. But they actually said, we can't tell you what will happen when you get to South Australia. Yeah. <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. Well, he is going to dob me into the South Australians or not? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, within two hours, I don't know what happened. I get a phone call from WA Health at four o'clock or something saying, we're going to release you from quarantine. Yeah. So initially you were regarded as a close contact, but then you weren't. Is that the story? Yeah, that's right. On the Saturday when I went through this, there was a good lady there. She was really helpful at WA Health. Mm. She says, I want to look in for this. I'm going to look into it more. And I said, well, pull your video footage up. There was no one in there. Mm. No one at all. Mm. I said, and if these two blokes were the ones I was thinking of, only you knew who they were. Mm. So you've got your next place at Widjimutha, yeah. which is a solid hour's drive. <laughs> you've got them there in half an hour. I said, that's a fast road train. It is. Your times are just wrong. You know, I don't believe I'm a close contact. Yeah. And and the biggest problem is you can't check out with this app. Yeah. You can check in, you can't check out. Yeah. New South Wales, you walk in, you check in, you walk out, you check out. Yeah. So at least you've got a good time coverage, you know? Yeah. And you've got a bit of an argument, but they just say, oh, we just take an hour and it's all precautionary. Yeah. No, no. It's an expensive bit of precaution, love. You know, it's Delta and rah, rah, rah. Do you actually know how much that little precautionary lockup cost you in real money? Well, it cost me a week and a half of lost income. And I mean, yeah, anything from probably 12 to 20 grand. Yeah, right. It's a lot of money. Depends on what I would have done with that week. Like, I would have gone home and then gone to work the next week. But I was lucky. Look, everyone understood, and I couldn't get another truck Uber in the same time anyway. So I, I kept afraid I was getting back with. But yeah, it was all late. Yeah. And obviously, you've got customers that you've got to try and keep happy and explain to them why, well, in your case, cars, but. You've got to explain to them why their thing is not where it's meant to be when it's meant to be there, and it's all beyond your control. Totally out of our control. Absolutely nothing you could do. Yeah. So you'd had, what, nine negative tests beforehand. Is that correct? No, I got three before I came over the border. Yep. And then I had the Saturday here, it was four, and then the fifth day here, it was five. Mm. In that 14 or 15 days, I had eight tests. It's eight tests, was it? Righto. Yep. And obviously, you've been tested negative since then several times, I expect, by now. Because they rang me Friday night late, mm. I went and loaded Saturday. Mm. I got in the cab early Sunday night, hoping I could get it on Monday morning. I got it at 2 o'clock on the Monday afternoon. Yep. And I went and got another COVID test here on that Saturday before I left. 
they said I didn't have to, but I went up to Armadale Hospital and thought, no, I need to know this is all right too. So I got another COVID test and yep, sure enough, negative. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. I've had fellows now telling me that they're going to give it away properly. They're not going to cross the borders. There are fellows that are adamant that they're not going to have the jab. I'm fellows that are adamant that they've had enough. I had a fellow telling me the other day that he's got an ulcer in his nose from where he's been tested so many times. And I understand that a couple of the drivers that work for you have also said they're not going to do it. So that's going to hurt your company as well, isn't it? Yeah, as I sit here speaking to you now, I should have had a couple of restful days here, but I've been very stressed just thinking and wondering what I'm going to do because I'm a three-truck fleet, Mm. myself and two other drivers, full-time drivers. Mm. And they just both don't want to get the jab, which is fair enough. That's their choice. I can't make them. I'm not trying to make them. But as of Thursday this week, the 7th, apparently they can't get into South Australia and one's loading for South Australia on Thursday out of Brisbane. Yeah. So that freight's going to come back to my depot and I'll be leaving here tomorrow. I'm in Perth now and I'll get home Sunday and probably forget Adelaide on Tuesday, Wednesday next week, you know? Yeah. And then Queensland. So like I said, if you just can't cross the borders, I've got no other work. All my work is Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide. Yeah. We really don't do local work, you know? Yeah. One of my drives been with for four years now, nearly. Yeah. One's been with me for going on for two and... They're good blokes. They've got family, kids and a wife to feed and mortgages to pay. Yeah. Because they don't want to get this vaccination. They're being forced out of work, you know. Yeah. It's tough on everyone. Yes, you know I'm dead set against it simply because I've got a heart history and clotting issues. I'm shit scared of it, to be honest with you, mate. Absolutely shit scared of it. And that's what one of my drivers tells me and, and the other driver tells me, mate, you can't tell me what it might do me in the next 10 years' time. And I said, no, I can't, mate. I can't tell you nothing. Yeah. Look, I took it. Yeah. Now, I've sort of seen all this coming. I wasn't going to get it. I was hesitant too. Yeah. I've got some pretty, well, I think are intelligent people. They're, they're in the medical game and they've told me, mate, you'll be right. Yeah. Do this, do that. So I got swayed and my ex-brother-in-law lives at Kalgoorlie. I see him all the time. I was talking to him. He said, swing in here, mate. They'll give you one. Ten minutes, you'll be gone. You know, they've got plenty of it. Yeah. And we were booked in you know, on the Central Coast, but you couldn't get it for uh, three months. Yeah. So I run the surgery up in Kalgoorlie and, yeah, got it straight away. Walked in, walked out, kept driving. Yeah. I've been lucky. I've had no side effects. None of them know of yet anyway. Yeah. But I see people's point. Look, I don't understand why you can't go over a border if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. My understanding is... The vaccination will stop us getting severely sick and should save me from going to hospital and being on a ventilator. Yeah. I can still catch it. Yeah. I can still spread it, even though I'm fully vaxxed. So why can't we go over a border? Well, what difference does it make? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, I've got a fundamental issue with the way the whole thing's been publicised and the way it's been pushed. We've never before seen vaccinations pushed in the same way. 
got a bloody million dollar lottery now yeah. for someone who's got the jab. I mean, you know, you don't get it for the flu shot. Yeah. You don't get it for any of the other vaccinations. I've had a email correspondence with several drivers and you sort of have to ask questions. It's one of those things that makes me uncomfortable, particularly with my history as a registered nurse. I've seen all sorts of things in my nursing career prior to trucking and I really struggle with mandated vaccination. We don't make people take blood if they don't want to take it. We certainly don't make people with religious objections to things do things outside their religion. My body, my choice has always been a thing, but it seems as though it's sunny for when you're having an abortion. It's my body, my choice. I just don't get it. The logic doesn't fit. I can hear that and I understand that. Yeah, I really don't know where this is all going to go. We've all been put in a very hard spot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here on the balcony lost. Yep. yep, I'm hearing you, mate. People now understand you and I have had several conversations over the course of the last weeks. I feel your pain. I really do. It's a tough situation. A big problem is I'm sitting here in limbo. I'm... Well, what's the saying? I'm a rock in a hard place here because I've got two really good drivers. Yep. They've been loyal as to me. Yep. They, they've decided not to get the vaccine. That's fine. That's their choice. Everyone's entitled to a choice. Yep. Now, am I supposed to put them off work or stand them down and make plans, which I can't because they've backflipped before. Like South Australia was supposed to go, I think, on the 27th it was supposed to be in. Yeah. And Victoria was supposed to be the 23rd and they get extended. Yeah. You know, I could put these drivers off and cost them their livelihood yeah. and then put another guy on and all of a sudden they backflip and it all gets abolished. Yeah. So we're all in limbo. We're all just hanging well, like we don't matter. We can't make any plans. My wife's been on the phone to me all week, last week and this morning saying, I can't make any plans. Customers are abusing me going, well, what are you doing? And she says, I don't want to tell them that drivers don't want to get vaxxed. Yeah. It's none of their business, you know. Yeah. But we can't make plans because I don't want to just dump the drivers and it all gets oh, midnight tomorrow night. Oh, no, we've just wiped that. It's all cool. Truck drivers are fine. Yeah. Well, it's a worry. I mean, from what I know of your business and from what I've seen, you've got a great business. It's a profitable business. You've got a couple of drivers that, as you say, have been loyal to you and do the job in the way you want it done. And because some clown wants to mandate that you have to have an injection, and you know, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but your hard work is just about to be pissed up the wall. Oh, that's what my missus said. The word she used this morning, our business is because of this, you know. Yeah, and it's just wrong. And you're not the only one. Oh, no, I'm not the only one. I'm not on my own here, mate. There's a lot of people in a bad spot at the moment. Yeah. And I think they've got a lot to answer for, these politicians and health ministers and everyone else. That Yeah. You know, you need to make a decision and give us some clarity of what's going on and be 100%. You can't just lead people down the garden path. Yeah, that's got to the point where it's beyond a joke. Look, Alan, I feel for you, and I'm sorry that you're in the position that you're in, and I wish I could do more for you. I wish I could have done more for you at the time. Thanks for coming on the show and talking to us about it. Don't be a stranger, mate. If anything I can do for you down the track, let me know. Yeah, no, you've been great, mate. You and Glenn Stirl and Camway is a big thank you. And when we catch up one day, I'll buy us that steak and a beer. <laughs> we can be stakeholders, mate. Yeah, it was really good to have a chat. When I thought I was on my own that Saturday just going, mm. what do I do for 14 days sitting here in Perth, stuck in this mess, you know? How do you get out of this, yeah? Give old mate Mick the Oz trucker a ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It was good that we could find your number and get hold of you, especially mm. on a, it was a Saturday morning, mate. I was impressed that someone answered the phone straight away. I'll always answer the phone. All right, mate. Well, it was great talking to you. And yeah, thanks for all your help, eh? You're right, mate. Take it easy. I'll see you out there on the road one day, maybe. Yeah, you take care. Drive safe. G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here, and you're listening to the On the Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show.
Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au and you can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcast every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. It's time for That's What You Think. I'm joined by Simon O'Hara, who is the man at Road Freight for New South Wales. Mate, how are you? What's going on? Oh, g'day, Mark. Great to be with you. And hello to all the listeners at home. Day two of opening up. Yeah. And it's been interesting here because a lot of people have decided that their priority in life was to head to Kmart at midnight on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And that's bringing a lot of joy to a lot of people. Yeah. I wish them well on that. Yeah. From my perspective, I'm looking forward to a bevy at a pub in Sydney on a sunny day at some stage. Right. Well, I, <laughs> I honestly couldn't believe it. I saw the images on the box and I thought to myself, is that what it's really all about? Just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I've got to say that that was surprising from my perspective, yeah. that there were long lines up Kmart across New South Wales at 12.01 Monday morning. Very interesting. Of all places. Of all places. Of all the places you could possibly be. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And look, we're looking forward to, as a family, getting out and spending some time in some parks and by the ocean, yep. spending some quality time with each other rather than being locked down in your home or in our home in that case. Mm. Wonderful stuff. So, mate, why we've come together today, I wanted to get your comments. The October the 15th date seems to be the date's important to a lot of people. But there have been a number of landmark days that have come and gone. I had Lyndon Watson on the phone there a little while ago and we were talking about what the COVID environment's like for recruitment and retention of drivers these days. What are your members saying to you, mate? Is anyone going to struggle? Do you think drivers saying that they're not going to cross the borders and that? 
first of all, Lyndon's a great guy and Watson's a proud members of Red Freight New South Wales, so it's great to have them on board with us. But in terms of what I'm hearing, I'm not hearing too much around drivers pulling the pin. What I'm hearing is a range of things like how do we get on and get the job done? I'm not hearing, at least from where I sit, a lot of people saying, hey, it's not good enough, we're not going to do this anymore. Mm. I suspect there will be some that feel that way, and that's fair enough. But I'm not hearing on the grapevine much from our operators about operators wanting to pull the pin on the 15th or indeed whatever day it might be in the various jurisdictions. Mm. From the perspective of New South Wales, I guess we've been focused on COVID for at least four months now. It feels a bit more like an 18-month, two-year journey than anything else Yeah, because effectively we've been the state that's dealt with it in a range of ways and trying to take away from Victoria, you know, and I've got a lot of respect for them. It's been tremendously hard for them. But from our perspective, we've lately been focused on the opening up day, which was yesterday, Mm. seeing what that would include and how that would look. So we've been waiting with a lot of anticipation on that front. Given our VAX levels have gone up significantly, that's positive news so that we can get the state moving again in terms of business, allowing people to go out of their LGAs or five-kilometre radiuses have been a big bonus for us all. Mm. <laughs> I can say that without any shadow of the doubt. But no, there's not been a lot that's been said about drivers wanting to pull the pin about other jurisdictions mandating vaccination. We do have some questions around how vaccination is going to work in the workplace in New South Wales. Mm. and what that means for our members, particularly in and around what used to be known as workers' comp. So that's been something that is currently focusing our attention because what we don't want to see is freight operators and owner operators being shouldered with more financial imposts when all they've done is uh, work their guts out during the lockdown to keep goods moving mm. and to keep you know, effectively people safe while they stay at home. Well, my understanding is that we are looking at really a bit of a legal minefield for companies because you know, they don't want to be seen to be mandating something that is going to cause them to become responsible. They don't want to be seen to be not promoting things because that's probably just as bad. Mm. You seem to me, if you're the director of a transport company at the moment, you're trying to balance the demands of your customers who may or may not be demanding it. And then what you're going to say to your employees is another issue altogether. Mm. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I can't see that there is a straight line for anyone to walk. There isn't a straight line because it's difficult for the freight operators because you're exactly right. Mm. It's a bit like when you talk about companies and you see what's said to shareholders and then you see what's said to everybody else. Mm. It can be problematic. So from the perspective of our members, they're walking a fine line here between having to adhere to customers' directions Mm. and contracts now that relate to mandating vaccination for any truckie or freight worker that comes onto their site to do a delivery. Mm. And then on the other hand, they're having to balance the workplace relations issue. So in lots of ways, our members have to balance those competing interests so that they stay in business. Mm. And if they don't, then people lose their jobs and all the rest of it while at the same time ensuring that their employees are happy. Yeah. So it's an interesting time for freight operators at the moment to juggle both of those competing interests. 
But from a perspective of, I think, New South Wales freight operators as well, they heeded the call in terms of what the New South Wales government had said about getting people vaccinated mm. and have taken that on seriously because it was quite an interesting time there, at least in the greater Sydney area, for a number of months about this issue. So... I think the long and the short of it's going to be that operators will be making a decision about vaccination themselves because their customers will demand it. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. If you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost-efficient large-format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. So the other issue, of course, is on the road, you've got the access to services. And I mean, one of the areas where you yourself and my mate, Glenn Stirl and others have been agitating to get better access for long distance drivers, particularly to things like food and showers and other facilities. Yeah. It's going to be an ongoing challenge. I think I've heard of uh, several road houses over the last week or so that have said, you know, if you're not double banks, you're not coming in, you're not having a shower. Yeah, we've sought clarification on some of those issues, which we've worked closely with Senator Stirl and Ben mm. around some issues that have arisen, which you might have seen on social media. Yeah, yep. So we've got answers on those fronts, which seem to be contrary to what social media was saying, i.e. that there was a requirement for double vax. Yeah. In one instance, I won't name names, but in one instance, there was a requirement for double vaccine that appeared on social media. I contacted BP and said, hey, look, what's going on here? And they said, look, here's what we require. We require you to check in. And there wasn't any mention of having to be double vaxxed. Yeah. So again, with anything to do with social media, it's important to verify, verify, verify. Yeah. Because there is a lot of bullshit out there. Yeah, well, that would be the point that I'm trying to make and one of the reasons why I'm fully aware of the instance you brought up there and it does accord with what I've heard as well. There does need to be some clarifications. Just because it's on Facebook doesn't mean it's right, I think. No, and what might be correct on one day might be not correct on the next. Well, so they might have been correct on the 25th, but on the 26th, it might be different, which is what we've seen in New South Wales for months now where well, yeah. things have changed. That happens a bit, or at least it has for the last number of months where things have changed. And sometimes they change when you make representations about things too. Yeah. So that platform can be very, very useful. And by that platform, I mean social media can be very useful in terms of flushing out issues as well. Mm. And I'd acknowledge particularly the really constructive role that Shelley Mitchell and the rest of that cohort have played in relation to a really good site with that COVID Facebook site. Yep. In terms of getting out information, raising issues, moving it along, 
Shelley and others have really made a good contribution on Twitter and other places yep. to highlight issues and yourself, Mike, in terms of bringing some of these issues to the fore so that peak bodies like Road Freight New South Wales can advocate and get it out there for our truckies effectively. Mm. So I'd like to acknowledge that because I think it's really important that the constructive role that's been played there by you all hasn't gone unnoticed. I think it's been really good, really positive. Yeah, well, you'll be pleased to know, mate. It looks like I'm going to have to have the needle. Well, as, as long <laughs> as it's safe for you to do so. I'm in the process of having a conversation with my cardiologist at the moment. And look, I want to participate in society as much as everyone. Mm. As you know, my position has always been fairly anti. But at the same time, I think reality is going to play a part in the decision we have to make. And, and the reality of it is, is that we just need to get on. I know people are going to howl when I say that, but it's a fact of life. We've, we've just got to get on and we've got to fit in with society and we've got to, I suppose, try and make what is viewed by many as a positive contribution to the future, mm. I suppose. Yeah, I know you and I have chatted about your health situation and whatnot. As long as it's safe for you to do so, then mm. I personally think that you're making the right decision because there are other factors involved in here. And a lot of that has to do with the community and your loved ones. And as we open up, it's inevitable that I think this virus will make its way everywhere. Mm. And you need your own protection together with the herd immunity protection to ensure that you and your family and your community are as safe as possible. And frankly, we all want to return to the pub and go to the beach and do all of that sort of stuff and mm. travel across borders and do all of those sorts of things. And if you aren't vaccinated, I think that's going to be problematic mm. for you and your family, not just in terms of illness, but in terms of being able to put bread on the table. Mm. Because, you know, as you're seeing with aviation, uh, some of those companies are making decisions that mean that some don't have any choice at all. And the same with regard to some of the states in terms of the mandatory vaccination aspect of those dates that you mentioned. I'm looking forward to eating sushi in Tokyo again, mate. So, <laughs> No, quite right. Quite right. I've never eaten sushi in Tokyo, but now that you mention it, it's probably not a bad thing. I'm looking forward to getting to Bali at some stage myself and mm. not doing a whole heap. Mm. Life's got to go on. Thanks for joining us on the show, Simon. I really do appreciate your time. All the best for you and your family. And Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thanks for the great work that you've done fronting up Road Freight New South Wales. It hasn't gone unnoticed. Thank you. That's, that's kind of you to say. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have been involved with this issue. With One thing that I've come out of all of this is just how much more impressive all of you are in terms of the work that you do and how you do it. And I don't think we could ever really thank the industry enough and individuals enough for the work that they've done. Mm. From the CEOs down to the truckies within the freight industry, it's clear that we need to laud the industry much more than we have in the past because there are things that all of you do that you take for granted in just doing it that in other industries they would struggle with. Mm. So I don't want to piss in your pocket too much, but that's the impression <laughs> that I've come away with. No, seriously. I thought you guys were impressive before, but I am even more impressed now after being through COVID and seeing the type of challenges that you've just taken on the chin and kept going with. It's been absolutely extraordinary. 
And I think, frankly, from my personal perspective, I don't think we could ever thank all of you enough for the work that you've done. That's my view. Without Trucks Australia stops, mate, we carry the country. Yeah, but it's not just the trucks, it's the people. <laughs> it's the people who have just made this work. You've seen the guys lining up for their tests in the freezing rain, just waiting there stoically. You've seen them get on and do the job during COVID, keeping us supplied. Mm. I mean, there were times during this latest lockdown where there were a number of things happening that were dicey. Mm. And I don't mean in terms of dicey, in terms of safety. I mean, in terms of the supply chain, all of you got on and got it done. And without you, we would have been in a much worse situation. There's plenty of stuff to talk about, mate. I'll have you back on the show again. And as I've always said to you, mate, if there's something you want to talk about, please feel free to, to bring it up with me. It'd be great. Thank you, Mike. Much appreciated. And I look forward to catching up with you next year. And you'll get an invite to our conference, which you're more than welcome to come along to. <laughs> I invite anyone that wants to come along and share a few beers and have a chat to come along. And uh, we'd welcome you all. Well, do my best to be there, mate. Sounds good. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too, Mike. See ya. Bye. Hi guys, my name's Dan. I listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. A while back in an earlier episode, Mike interviewed Ben Charles from Truckies Tax Accounting and Wake the Truck Up. It seems a lot of you were keen to know more about the specialist tax assistance Ben and his team do for truckies based on the mail we received after his appearance on the show. Ben is the only specialist truckies accountant in Australia and he believes that truckies are generally not claiming their expenses properly and therefore are losing out on a lot of the refunds they're entitled to. Ben has offered to do a regular segment on this podcast to help educate truckies on their entitlements and how to go about making sure they're not missing out on the level of refunds they should be looking forward to. In his first segment this week, Ben asks the question, was your 2021 refund too small? week to help you wake the truck up and that means to maximize your refunds each year and to recover overpaid tax from the tax returns you have lodged. Today we're going to talk about was your 2021 refund too small? So most people do their tax return, grumble about the refund being too small and don't do anything about it. Well we're here to help that. We're here to help you all year long to fix up every year for your unclaimed expenses. We know truck drivers. We've been working with you for about 15 years, and I dare say we know your expenses better than you do. Not only will we identify all those expenses, but we're going to make sure there's an easy and free way for you to keep those recorded. And we're going to teach you that next week in what's called the free and easy method. So the sooner you learn about your rights, what you're entitled to claim, the sooner you'll be able to get the biggest refunds each year, starting now, and get extra refunds from lodged returns. 
But on this show, on the road, and with the help of Andy and Mike, I'm hoping you'll also send in your questions. So in addition to things I will cover, I will make sure I address the questions that are on the lips of all truckies. So today, the number one topic, my refund was too bloody small. I hear that all the time. Why do I pay so much tax? Well, everyone has to pay tax. That's unavoidable. But you pay your tax on your taxable income, which is your income, less your deduction. So really, the only thing you can impact, the only thing that a good accountant should do for you and we're the best is to manage you to make sure you claim every expense you're entitled to. The more you claim, the lower your taxable income, the lower your tax, the bigger your refund. It's a straight analogy. Bigger expenses claimed, bigger refund. Okay, so that's the simple facts. And you have to pull your finger out and follow our instructions to achieve that. So what can we do about the past? Well, you're allowed to amend a tax return for unclaimed expenses by tax law within two years of the date of issue of the notice of assessment. In layman terms, that just means within two years of your refund. So right now, we can fix up your 21, your 20, and perhaps your 19 or any year that you've done prior to the year what will be the 15th of October, 2021. So if you've got your refund for 19 after the 15th of October, 19, then we can fix that too. In short, we can go through your tax return, redo your tax return, if you will, and by identifying all the expenses you're entitled to claim, less expenses you have claimed, we amend your tax return, include those expenses, and if you've got 2,000, but you should have got 10,000, the ATO will pay out the additional 8,000. Each year, you should be getting something in the vicinity of ten to 20000 depending on whether you're a local worker or whether you go and do overnights. The big ticket items of your car by logbook, your meals when you're traveling up to 105 75 a day, or if you're working overtime locally, which you all are, and you can claim up to thirty-one twenty-five a day without receipts or as much as you spend with receipts, they're the big ticket items. And then you've got all the little stuff, the high-vis socks, the protective underwear, the shower thongs, all of that stuff, not a single thing should be missed, whether it's a chup-chup, a chicken burger, or a new engine for your car. We want to make sure it's all going into your accounts and there after your tax return. So if it hasn't, which is very likely, and I'm going to go so far as to say 100% of you haven't claimed everything you're entitled to, then we identify that, quantify it, and add it to an amended set of accounts, which you lodge, and as I mentioned before, the ATO will pay out the additional refund. So let's fix up what we can using amended tax returns and then set you on the path to make sure you keep all your expenses perfectly so that come 2022, 23 and so forth, you'll be able to claim the biggest possible refund and be safe while doing that. Lots of voices out there telling you bullshit. Lots of voices out there doing a bad job for you. Lots of voices out there putting you in harm's way. You want to make sure you're richer, but you want to make sure you're safe doing that. So that's what we do at Truckies Tax Accountants. We teach you how to wake the truck up and we're available all year round. And in fact, contact you all year round to say, hey, have you changed any of these things? Because there are things that you do that have tax ramifications and you need to know what to do when they do. I.e., you move house, you need to keep a new logbook. You change car, you may need to keep a new logbook. You change jobs, so on and so forth. The best thing you can do is form a relationship with a good accountant and for free, contact them during the year to keep them in the loop so they can give you stitch in time advice. By so doing, when you come to the 30th of June every year, everything's in place. Your log books for your car, all your receipts beautifully recorded on a bank statement, a single bank statement we refer to as a mother trucker bank statement. 
and all your invoices are photographed and kept in an email inbox. So there's a few things for you to do to set it up and one thing for you to do going forward and that is use the mother trucker card and then photograph the receipt. That's all you have to do. If you're doing 14, 16 hours a day, you don't want to be asked to do anything else. We'll do all the bitch work at the back. Coming full circle, today's topic is, was my refund too small? I know if we were having a dialogue here, the answer would be yes. So firstly, let's solve that. Let's go back and fix it. And let's make sure, secondly, it never happens again so that you have a bigger and safer return. I want you all to feel free to call us on 1300 511 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and ask any questions you like. It's a free consult. But for the sake of everyone hearing your questions, I really would also ask you to email mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au with all your questions. Clearly, the questions you have are the answers others want to hear. It doesn't mean you have to become our clients. All the lessons I give you are applicable regardless of who you use. The majority of tech preparers are very poorly trained, whereas all of our guys come from a chartered accounting background. Sounds knobbish, I know, but we've done degrees at university. We've been trained by the Institute of Chartered Accountants, and then we've been supervised by the likes of Pricewaterhouse and so on and so forth. And I've been working in the truckers industry almost 15 years. So take advantage of that by calling us anytime free and writing to Mike anytime you have a question so that we can spread the information to all listeners of this fantastic podcast. Next week, when I come on the show, in addition to answering the questions that have come up from you this week, I'll be addressing topics such as the A to Z of all the expenses that you should be claiming, listing them all out, and we can email them out to you if if you inquire. And that will go all the way from everything to do with your car, which you should claim by logbook, not that lazy bastard sense for common method, everything to do with your travel. No, don't believe the bull that you don't need receipts. In future weeks, we'll go through other tax minimization strategies for truckies, including super funds, working under ABN, and various other strategies that are easily implemented and mean that you can get more deductions and therefore a bigger refund. And finally, after all of that's done, we'll also teach you how you can get more pay now. More pay now means you can, rather than wait until 2022 to get your refund of 20 grand, you can get paid to you during the year by way of having your tax withheld reduced by your employer so you get a greater take-home pay. So lots to learn, all very simple stuff, and very importantly, all verifiable independently by you by contacting the ATO on 132861. That's the ATO's phone number. Or let your fingers do the walking and jump on ato.gov.au. Everything we teach you is not our opinion, it's a fact. And you can verify that rather than have that ongoing debate with your mate saying, oh, it's some sort of scam, some sort of bullshit. My guy says, we don't care what your guy says. I don't care what I say. Don't trust anyone other than the ATO. So we just give the information. You can verify that. So make sure you listen. Make sure you ask your questions. If you don't get your answers, make sure you call us any time of the day, one 500 And for God's sakes, wake the truck up. I'm Ben Charles. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Take care. On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you doing? 
Not doing all right. We've got the big wet rolling through Queensland at the moment. How's it over your way? It's hot and sticky and sweaty, mate. The player comfort level is right down there in the very uncomfortable level. The cracks are starting to open up, and I can just remember old mate Tony Gregg talking about putting a key into the pitch. <laughs> so I tell you what, mate, you could get the key right in over here today, let me tell you. <laughs> so situation normal, you're saying? Situation normal, mate, yeah. Yeah. Now listen, mate, just quickly, I know you don't like me talking about the wife too much, but... I don't care about you talking about her, mate, I just worry about your safety. <laughs> well, that's a fact of life and all that, but uh, the other day, she accused me of being immature. Can you believe that? Immature. <laughs> I can believe it, actually. <laughs> I told her to put down my water pistol and get the hell out of my cubby house. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mate, getting onto a very serious note for a moment here, I'm talking about the wet and so on. I saw some news about a really rather horrific and tragic accident up here in Queensland at some roadworks involving an ambulance. Yeah, mate. Up at Stanwell, unfortunately, there's a crash there and a couple of passengers in the back of the ambulance lost their lives, unfortunately. Now, mm. we've put this story first because we think it's pretty important. If you've got any dash cam of this or you know someone who's got dash cam or saw the accident, anyone who witnessed the incident has been asked to contact Crime Stoppers or police up there. Anyone travelling on the Capricornia Highway between Goganggo and Graceme between 10am and 12.30pm with relevant dash cam footage of the truck or the ambulance involved is urged to contact police or Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 or go to the au webpage and the details are there. Hmm. There's a reference number that you can quote. I'm not going to read that out because I'm going to write it down now. We really need to know what happens. This is not the first time something's happened at Roadworks. So we need to find out what happened there and, and get to the bottom of it to answer a few questions, I think. Yeah, absolutely tragic. Mate, after 57 years in the transport business, Tony Howe, the founder of Howe Haulage, is stepping into retirement. Yep. God bless him, and has put his entire fleet of 27 prime movers and 46 trailers up for sale. Yeah, and look, it's a pretty signature way of doing things these days. I've had enough, and it's time to sell the lot. Mm. So Ritchie Brothers Auctions are going to manage the complete dispersal of Howe Haulage's assets uh, through the Australian National Unreserved Auction on October 2021. 27 prime movers, 46 trailers, including Tony's award-winning 2006 Mac CL66RS Superliner. Mm. Wouldn't mind getting my hands on that for 10 minutes, mate. She'd be not a bad, a bad old banger, that thing. He had a couple of favoured ones, didn't he? Yeah, he did. The auction's going to be held exclusively online, and if you're interested, get in there and have a bit of a look at it. Tony had some reasonably nice gear, tip trucks and flat tops and things like that sitting there. Yeah, see you later, Tony. Enjoy your retirement, mate. Yeah, all the best, Tony. You've earned it. Yep. Mike, Woolworths had planned to introduce rapid antigen testing to 19 distribution and online fulfilment centres in South Australia. Yep. However, the South Australian Road Transport Association has said a big no to their plans, saying it would create a major and unacceptable problem. It does, mate. And here I am agreeing with Steve Shearer. Hmm. Now, how many times are we going to be tested? Yep. That's the question. I mean, we get tested, 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 go across borders and all the rest of it. These things aren't foolproof. There's false positives all the time. Oh, yeah. Woolies have said, oh, you know, we caught six cases of COVID. Did you? Mm. There's got to be a point where common sense breaks out. And I don't know. Well, you'd like to think so, but I can't see it happening just yet. People have just lost their shit. It's ridiculous. It is. Clients like Woolworths couldn't care less about unjustified costs. And this sort of mounts up rapidly. You don't do these tests for free. Mm. I mean, there are, there are enough other problems to sort out at Woolies DCs, let me tell you, without worrying about a bloke that's been tested three times in the last week for COVID. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be some directions made about this 
the fact of the matter is we can't have people going around saying, oh, you've got to come in here and have a test, you've got to come in here and do that. It's all the same how people are saying that you've got to go and have the jab or you can't come on site. Mm. When is the transport industry going to start telling customers, we transport the freight, let us do that, right? Yeah. And stay out of our business. Mm. It's just ridiculous. I could get off on my hobby horse. There's so many directions you could take the conversation. Yep. And we know them all. Uh, <laughs> but customers have got to start to learn that they can't dictate crap like this and expect people to just sit back and cop it all the time. Ridiculous. Yep. Anyway, yep. next. Really gets up your nose, doesn't it? <laughs> it does get up your nose, mate. Pardon the pun. You know, the rapid antigen testings are like a lick on a stick thing, like a drug test. Mm. But none of these tests are designed to be used all the time. The chemicals that are on those swabs for the testing for going up your nose, mm. they're not designed to be stuck up your nose every other day. Oh, exactly right. Now, these things are certainly being misused. Anyone that knows anything about it, don't believe me, people. Go and have a Google. Have a look at what these tests are and what they do. Yep. You'll find that we're not being very smart about this. That's for sure. Well, at least at this point, they're not anal probes, mate, so that's good. <laughs> they're not? You sure? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Mate, drivers travelling between Mungandai and Boomi in New South Wales will be saved from 240 kilometres of detours following the completion of 56k of sealing work on Carrigan Road, which now provides all-weather access for heavy vehicles. You got it, buddy. That's the story. And I tell you what, it's not before time. There's a lot of roads up there that do suffer quite badly, particularly when it gets wet. Mm. And uh, I've just had some breaking news, mate, appear on my screen. Mm? We'll have to get back to that in a minute. All right. Prior to the sealing project, the Gravel Carrigan Road required ongoing gravel resheeting and road closures during wet weather. Now, mm. I would hope that in their $11.5, $11.6 million that they've spent up there getting this sorted out, yep. the Fixing Country Roads program, that they've actually made it a little bit taller because half the problem with that road was it went underwater. <laughs> that was the problem. So, I yeah. hope they put in some good floodways and some drainage and tried to protect it all. Yep. Anyway, there you go. A New South Wales truckie is adamant that providing documented proof of vaccination should go both ways mm. and has taken a stand with a rather unusual delivery to make his point. Yep. Mm. He has Michael Wheeler, owner-driver of Hot Wheels Haulage, wants to make it clear that he's not an anti-vaxxer. He's fully vaccinated and willing to comply with all health orders. Well, isn't that the way it's going these days? We do all we can to comply and we're still getting shafted. Still not enough. Yep. Still not enough. What is enough? Hmm. Freedom Day in New South Wales and all the rest of it. He went to deliver a car because Hot Wheels Haulage, is, that's what they do. Hmm. And uh, they wanted to know if he'd been vaccinated and all that. So he said, have you lot been vaccinated? Show me your proof of vaccination. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> I didn't want to do that, which is you know, surprise, surprise. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a standoff there. There was a pickle security guard who refused to allow Wheeler to do a U-turn, made him back a B-double out illegally <laughs> you know, onto the road. You know, bugger it, why not? Hmm. Uh, so he unloaded the car in the driveway and left, and uh, he documented the protest on his TikTok page. Mm. As I said, another example of us losing our shit. Yeah. Well, you ask how much is enough, and I think the answer quite clearly is enough is enough. Enough is enough. Yeah. Mike, in a new survey conducted by the TWU, yep. they've discovered that nearly half of surveyed truckies know a driver who's been killed on the job, and 50% claim to have had wages stolen. These results paint quite a disturbing picture, mate. They do. This is the Transport Workers Union Industry Survey. 1,100 truck drivers participated in this, so it's a pretty good sample size. The survey was open to union and non-union members. Look, anyone that's been in the industry for a little while, you read through the results of this survey and you can go to it, hey, yep, yep, 
Yep. Mm. Yeah, I knew that. Tell me something I don't know. Mm. Because it's it's true. Every one of us, just about every one of us, I've attended a few funerals since I've been in the industry. I've seen people's pay packets after they've been ripped off. It's amazing how creative some of these guys get when they're working out how to pay you. Yeah. Our mate Trevor Warner can tell you about, I'm sure, hundreds of cases where this has happened because that's what the Truckies Advocate page is all about, helping drivers get sorted out. Mm. But when I've written about all this sort of stuff in the past, I write about the motivations and where people are in the motivation chain mm. and why people are doing what they're doing. It's always the same. Mm. The customers want it as cheap as they can. The bosses want to do it as cost-effectively as they can. The drivers want to get as much money as they can out of it. Yep. The police enforce the laws because if they don't, the public think they're not doing anything. And the politicians make the laws because they think they've got to be doing something. And none of these things mesh up. No one ends up winning. The drivers are at the bottom of the chain all the time. They're the ones with the least power. I call them the low-hanging fruit. Yep. They're the ones that get basically raped all the time. 52% of drivers have experienced wage theft. 68 have not been paid for work they've done. 43% were underpaid minimum rates. 25% claim they've been ripped off by more than $5,000. One in three have said they've experienced wage theft over 20 times. Mm-hmm. Only 22% of them said that they ever got their money back. <laughs> yeah, They're very, very good at taking it off. You're not very good at getting it back. Yep. Michael Kane says that hundreds of people are getting killed in truck accidents. We need to just get an industry push going to sort a lot of this stuff out. And he's 100% correct. The survey has revealed that workers are basically getting the raw end of the stick. Mm. We've got a lot of unsecured work. And this is all comes about because you know you see what's going on with the toll group there at the moment you know, and Star Trek. And they're pushing people onto contracts. They're using agency workers. They want more of that turnover, more of that ability to have an arm's length relationship from the drivers and be able to use you like a spanner that you throw in the toolbox, get you out when you need to, throw you back in there and put you on the chain like the dog in the kennel, you know? Yep. And it's getting worse. They're getting better at doing it to us, and people need to stand up and, and talk about it. Go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage. Have a look at some of these numbers for yourself and do a bit of your own research. I think the, the federal government fails to lift a finger to fix any of this stuff up. You ask any of the transport ministers, state or federal, about any of this, no one knows anything. They all sort of look down, twiddle their thumbs, and do nothing. It's got to stop. In fact, you know, the only politician that I've ever actually met, and I've met a few, actually interested in sorting this shit out is Glenn Stirl. And he's on the other side of the political fence to me. Yeah. But you've got to call it out. The man's right. We need to get to the bottom of it and sort some of this shit out. Yeah. Mate, you've got a bit of an update on the Sydney toll relief for us. Yeah, 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 I do. Beep, 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 beep. There you go, buddy. Paratay has announced that small business, including owner-drivers and fleet operators, will be able to claim a rebate of up to $2,000 for the various state government fees and charges incurred between March 1st, 2021 and June 30, 2022, including road tolls. 2000 bucks. Mm. Now, there's a little bit of a headline here that says it's like a band-aid on a bullet wound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's about right. I would call it machine gun bullets myself, but anyway... Mm. As I pointed out, when I've been talking about North Connects on its own at Infinitum, when we were talking about $24 and something each way in that, mm. and you've got no choice but to be there, and if I recall my numbers correctly, there was one tipper company that had a $150,000 nutty toll bill, right? Yep. So yeah, let's just throw two grand at them and that'll shut them up. Mm. Give me a break. Indeed. Simon O'Hara presented his information to the inquiry they had there. 
He says we welcome this announcement as a step in the right direction, but more needs to be done to incentivise truckies to use tollway, Simon said. Simon, understatement of the decade, brother. Road Freight New South Wales says we need ongoing relief. Yep. Incentives on toll roads to ensure that the roads deliver productivity and safety. It's a bit like saying water is wet, isn't it? <laughs> it is a bit. Oh, mate, that's that one. And you said you had one just come up. Mate, I did. Now, I've just got to open me messages up. Mm. Beep, 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 beep. This is dead set serious. This is hot, mate. This is straight off a message while we've been doing the news. Yeah. The message from a uh, driver out there. Blenner's Transport up at Tully had a court action going where one of their drivers had crashed one of their trucks. And old mate Les has decided to take him to court $500,000. Well, I've just had a message through. And obviously, we've got to confirm all this stuff. I'm not saying this is 100% fact, but the source is pretty good. Driver has to pay Lenners $500,000 as a result of an accident he had driving company truck. And that's hot off the press right now as we speak. Wow. It's a very, very, very uh, sad development, let me tell you that. Mm. Something of a precedent. It is. It is. Mm. All right, mate. That's all you got for us? That's all I got for you. Good, good. Running low on time. Thought for the week. According to Albert Einstein, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you got to keep moving. You do. And I would just suggest that you got to keep moving forward. <laughs> it's hard to go backwards on a bike. Yeah, not easy. All right, mate. Well, you have a good one. Stay safe. Thanks, bud. See ya. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. As you all know, I get around on Facebook and I read things, you know, on the social media. So I come across this bit written by a bloke named Gary Matthews, and I wanted to read it for you. It's a long bit. It'll only take a minute or so, though. It's from a Facebook page called Take Back Australia, and it really does summarize how far we've fallen, give you something to think about, something to talk about. So here we go. We'll just kick off. About 35 short years ago, everyone had jobs everywhere. In fact, mums used to stay at home and families all lived happily on just dad's wages. We had iron ore and great steel industries. We had shipbuilding, car manufacturing, Holden, Chrysler, Mitsubishi, Toyota, Ford, and even Lightburn made a thing called a Zeta. We built TVs, radios, washing machines, Victor lawn mowers, hills, hoists, and fine furniture. We built car parts. We even made our own tyres at Bridgestone. We had fishing ports all over Australia from Port Lincoln to Brunswick Heads. We made our own cheap petrol and that was refined at Standback Oil Refinery in South Australia, the Balimba Refinery in Brisbane, the Mortlake Sydney Refinery from oil brought in from the Bass Strait, the Northwest Shelf, the Timor Sea. We built aircraft, boats, submarines. We've built battle cruisers, ships, warships, buses, locomotives, diesel electric trains, as well as the tracks. We can add hundreds more to this list, and everything was proudly made in Australia. We had corner stores and milk bars and delis and hardware shops all over the city and in the country. Our rural towns were a hive of activity. There were strong communities that were linked by a vast rail network that now lies dormant forever all across the country. There were flea markets everywhere on the weekends. All our food was fresh and local. 
Our milk and bread were delivered every morning fresh to our doorstep in recyclable glass bottles. We paid our rates to the local council to maintain our streets and remove our rubbish and we used to dump our extra rubbish free at the local tip. We had work available as driveway attendants for our, at our local service stations. We had Australian-owned service stations like Golden Fleece. We even had restaurants owned by H.C. Slee and Ampol. I even remember good old Stanley who would check your tyres, check your oil, wash your windscreen. You could always just find a job. I remember going to Myers and David Jones and Waltons to buy clothes. There was always someone with a tape measure who would measure you up and all the new clothes fitted perfectly. Today you take the clothes off the shelves and you turn them out of packets. You take them to the fitting room and try them on. If they don't fit, you put them back and keep trying until you find one that does fit. Two hours later, take them to checkout. It's not self-serve. Take them to a self-serve checkout. They're scanned and the operator tells me the price and I say, oh, can you tell me the second-hand price, please? <laughs> These are new, she replies. No, they're not. They smell of someone else's underarms or they're not new at all. How many people have tried them on before me? God knows what diseases they've had. We had public utilities like power stations, water and gas, which employed thousands of people around the country, and it was also cheap. We could sustain thousands of industries all over the nation. This was how thousands of jobs were created. We were all taught to respect others, respect ourselves and, and our schools. And then the bloody government started selling our very souls. It started to corporatise itself and began to compete against private enterprise instead of govern. Local councils started to buy up caravan and tourist parks in the major tourist spots to build shopping hubs and then rented them out at the same time to dictate to all others what you can and cannot do. That's when we started to go downhill. All our companies and manufacturers started going offshore or closed down because this new corporate government did deals with other countries under free trade agreements that allowed them to totally wipe out our businesses and manufacturing by allowing foreign business to start flooding our once great nation with their cheap crap. Where's Australians used to all watch each other's backs? We respected each other. We'd say good day, mate, with a smile because we were all happy with our freedom, with our wonderful democracy. We knew our children could grow up safely anywhere as long as they were home before dark. Now we just watch each other through security screens and burglar alarms and live in the constant fear and stress. These foreign countries are allowed to just march in and start taking over and rape and pillage our resources. They started driving our farmers off their land. We've sold it to these foreign countries. They cut back funding to our education system, slowed down teaching trade skills to our youth and set up 457 visas to replace our trade workers with poor quality cheap workers from overseas. These things have left our once beautiful country in tatters. Politicians have allowed foreign countries to buy our power stations and guaranteed them they would always make a profit at our expense, no matter what. Now, because we have lost so much, the government then realised they don't get much income anymore and have to find new ways to take money. So it hits its own people further in the pocket. They've invented things like GST, excise taxes, levies by hundreds on everything. They've cut funding to our emergency services. They've forced us to pay all sorts of emergency service levies. They've cut funding to our police and public housing. All our public-owned forestries are sold off to foreign ownership. These new corporate government politicians laughed in our faces and gave themselves massive pay rises. They all pat themselves on the back, knowing that we are so dumb and stupid that we would not even know what was going on. Now they tell us to tighten our belts and lose what little we have left to pay back the massive debt they've left us all in. After gifting other countries billions in foreign aid, setting up their countries at the peril of our own. 
everywhere I shop today uh, on just about everything it says made in China and it's dawned on me that every time I buy something made in China I'm actually funding China to buy up my own country from under my own feet we are making China so much profit that they can now afford to buy us right out which is exactly what they are doing and our government is helping them do so Today I drive the main roads around Adelaide and all I see is the empty buildings that once housed these great manufacturing companies and when I drive past the Holden plant at Elizabeth, totally empty, I begin to literally cry with what has happened to my once great nation. This overpaid government needs more taxes to live on so they're going to force our elderly, and God bless them, they were the ones that helped build this nation in the first place, back into the workforce until they're 70. Tell everyone to go out and get a job. But this is not just South Australia, this has happened all over Australia. Can someone in this new corporate government tell us exactly where these bloody jobs are? All you had to do was sell the milk, Australia, not the whole cow. Today, every single thing is just about gone. Gone, 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 or left to decay. How this once mighty 100% self-sufficient nation has fallen. As I say, written by Gary J. Matthews. Something to talk about. And taking us home this week, one of the coolest, most melodic, soothing and just damned brilliant guitar instrumentals ever recorded. From his award-winning album Surfing with the Alien, here's Joe Satriani with Always With Me, Always With You. That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... And that's that. Andy says... That's keeping it real. And our guest says... Mm, Very interesting. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions.